wow, I just, my train of thought just completely wrecked. Um, where is my brain today? at that of the left coast podcast uh hope is to get this out on or before the friday of the 2017 convention which is going to be a a fun uh, editing session for me but you know shouldn't be too difficult uh i think um we can pretty much get this started right away uh with uh just a really general question of sort of where where you see yourself standing in in terms of the DSA uh national council and sort of um why you felt the need to run um especially this late in the game. Well, thank you for stealing my thunder. You're uh, welcome. <laughs> I have decided that I am running for the National Political Council, uh which is kind of like a steering committee kind of thing of DSA. Uh, I decided that about two hours before the window for nominations closed. So my candidate statement on the website is an evidence of just how quick I can turn things around. Uh, I'm running for NPC mostly because I feel the autonomy of locals is one of the strengths of DSA and and DSA's federated structure. And I want to preserve that. I want to enhance that and aid that in any way that I can. And I think it's important that there are people on the NPC who are from from the anarchist side of the political compass, who will will resist any any tendency towards centralization of power or any tendency towards um, a small group of members becoming the seat of a lot of um, a lot of power. Uh, The real thing that gave me the kick in the pants uh, to to actually submit my my candidacy was on Friday evening when uh, Convention Bulletin 7, or maybe 7.5, went out with um, a revised debate schedule. A poll had gone out to uh, delegates asking for their opinions on changes to the convention schedule in order to allow more time for debate because um, some some delegates, um, East Bay and um, Momentum and people that have come up with, with resolutions especially, were saying that there is not enough time to debate resolutions and amendments. And the poll for delegates was to choose whether to extend debate time by cutting some things, like different amounts of things to be cut to increase debate time, or to leave the schedule as it was. The email that went out gave the results of the poll and the two top vote-getters were to not extend debate time and to extend debate time a small amount, which was choices A and B. 
So the choice made for the convention schedule was choice C. So this especially coming kind of late on a Friday night and being being near the bottom of a long email with a lot of details. Um, I mean, assume good faith and, and everything and, and later they explained their rationale for it and it kind of made sense, but it gave me this feel of well, why did you ask us, why did you poll us, why did you ask us to vote if you were not going to honour the results of that vote? Um, if you were just going to use it as an advisory, why not label it as an advisory? Um, and that kind of was the straw that, that broke the camel's back for me, that convention's going to be great, it's going to be amazing, but it's running by the seat of its pants, and I feel like I have the power to maybe help make sure that that doesn't happen again. If you would like to know more about my candidacy for NPC, Tiberius is going to put a link to my candidate statement in the show notes. Although if you're listening to this on Friday and you are a delegate, I'm amazed that you found any time to listen to podcasts. So you had brought up um, something that we have talked about before, uh, both on and off the podcast, um, you know, in terms of sort of the importance of um communicate like interchapter communication and communication between um the chapters and national and and the the role that national plays in that um sort of if you could maybe speak to uh how you see national's role sort of as maybe uh, the way to facilitate this um and less so to sort of guide or dictate it well, I think you you pretty much um, summed it up that that national I feel should be um, should be a conduit for locals to discuss and share information with each other um, to to make sure that the communication within the organization is robust because um, when we have problems communicating, we end up being closed off in our own little enclaves. And that's when we end up doing duplicate work. That's when we end up maybe repeating mistakes. Um, that's when we we become we become less open to each other because we don't know where our interests and um, our where our interests may align. And I feel that communication has been one of the hardest things for. Uh, DSA at this point, and I know you know Twitter's good girl mentioned it too, because the current systems that we have were developed for a very small organization, and I think um, NPC candidate Dan Posey said um, outright, and I endorse this statement completely, that we need to work on building better communication channels channels between chapters. And on creating things like document libraries, forms, procedures, and methods to get them. Which, if we are both elected, I look forward to working on that because that's very much my jam. Procedures. Um, for an anarchist, I sure do love procedures. Well, you know, I, I like to say that anarchy means no rulers, not no rules. Uh, and then there's also the traditional, you know, anarchy is order symbol and that kind of stuff. So I, I, I think it's... Um, 
I, I think it's li- liberal propaganda that anarchy is chaos. <laughs> um, so kind of one of the problems of uh, creating a, um, uh, you know, channels and uh, uh, procedures for um, intergroup communication and national to local and local to national communication is that we have a ton of new people in DSA, I, and I think the majority of whom really have little to no sort of political organizing education. So, um, you know, as as a delegate for, or, or as a, a candidate for NPC, and, you know, as a, a delegate as well for the San Francisco chapter, um, how do we sort of address this while still uh, maintaining our position of uh, independence, how does what does political education mean in a decentralized and horizontalist application? One of the things that I think it looks like is the national training team. Uh, the national training team are the group, um, including an amazing organizer, Ravi, who's also running for NPC on the uh, Praxis slate. Um, they put together the trainings that were offered at the uh, People Summit and that were offered through the Ella Baker uh, training in New York. And those trainings are going to be offered at convention as well. Uh, if you or your if you are a delegate from the Bay Area, look forward to uh, taking one of those trainings with me as a trainer. Um, in fact, you've probably already taken it by this point, and I hope that I was good. Uh, offering that to every single member i think can can give us a baseline um especially if we then pivot that into into mentorships um because part of part of this organization is that we we build our solidarity with each other and we build each other's skills um I'm not so sure about how to make sure that every local gets the same opportunities for the same trainings. Um, there might be some technological solution for that, but I I don't know. Um, I'm a big believer in training as well as just getting out there and doing shit. You know, for myself, um, I really believe that chapters and um, regions that typically have seen... Uh, very little leftist presence and are tend to be more rural and le- have less sort of activist experience in general. I think that we probably want to target those first um, because I think that we could use our, our limited resources to a lot greater effect because I think that places like, for example, the Bay Area here, we have a lot of comrades who have a lot of experience down in LA, there there are a significant number of people who come out of union organizing and such. So, I think that there is um, in in some of the more um, you know urban places places that are coming out of you know progressive activism, those probably need it a little bit less than than targeting sort of rural regions, regions in the South and Texas, Indiana, these places. Yeah, and I, I want to give a shout out to the um, rural and um, small town working group um, and 
the amazing organizer, Chloe, who has put that together and also was the one who created the socialism um, fortune teller. Um, she's unfortunately not able to make it to convention because of a bunch... Well, she's not able to make it to convention. Um, and I wish that she were there because I want to see her in person and tell her how much of an inspiration she has been to me. Um, and how much I'm, how excited I am for the rural and, um, small chapter working group and who knows, caucus group, whatever, to, to do some amazing stuff because a small chapter has such, um, such a different set of, uh, challenges and things that are important than a giant chapter. And, and yeah, I, I do think that, that focusing on, on rural, um, and shit that isn't the coasts for once would be, would be important. Yeah. And, and I think that I, I, you know, we would probably benefit a little bit from, you know, a little bit more of a rural focus, but I think that a lot of the resources that we would need, um, are probably better coming from sort of a, a regional um, group working with East Bay, South Bay, and and SF as as sort of like the the nine county um, uh, regional DSA um, uh, organization that we can. There's a lot of resources that we have locally that we could share that we don't need to be pulling as much from uh, from national. I think that a lot of the stuff that we would need in terms of rural organizing is really more. Um, information and communication, things that, that take time and effort, but not necessarily strictly resources. I, I think that other places like, um, you know, rural Texas or, you know, uh, deep South, they probably need a lot more actual like resource, monetary resources than, than we would, we do. And um, Chloe is with the New Hampshire DSA. Ah, I want to. Shout out to New Hampshire Democratic Socialists of America. Y'all are doing amazing. Uh, love you. Last I heard, we're in 49 states right now. Which one are we missing? I, I can't remember. But um, yeah, we have we have chapters or OCs in um, basically every state now, which is really cool. I'd like to see DSA in, in you know Puerto Rico as well. And, and mm -hmm. Guam and other um, places that the American imperialist boot is currently stomping upon, but I, I don't know how easy that would be to do. Yeah, that's a that's a good question, and and it sort of um, it, I, I think kind of foreshadows a little bit the series that we're about to start on anti-imperialism. Um, I think we're going to kick that one off with BDS. I think we decided. And yeah, and that you know that's that's a question of uh, does a an American socialist group trying to reach out to um, places like Puerto Rico? If you know, we have to be careful if we do that, and, and when we do that, that we aren't sort of um, continuing imperialist uh, uh, methods of outreach essentially trying to say hey 
you should be in DSA because we are going to do these things. It should be, you know, in much in the same way as we feel about national to- towards our own sort of local chapters. It should be, hey, um, we're socialists and we want to help build working class power. What is it that you need as a local organization to do that? So you mentioned upcoming episodes and series, so this gives me a chance to segue into what's coming up that you are particularly excited about. Oh, smooth transition. Um, well, we have, uh, I believe, uh, probably going to be next in the docket because it's the one, the episode that I am uh, most into editing right now, uh, which I'm really excited about, is John down in DSALA talking about socialism and media and political analysis. And you may know him on Twitter as Groucho Marxist. Which is such a great... There are so many comrades with such good names, like um, Cop Cemetery, uh, Groucho Marxist, you know, these these guys who just like, "Ah, your names are so good, and I chose such a bad name for this podcast, but what are you going to do about it? Shout out to the other Left Coast podcast. Uh, we'd yes, love to out. have you on. Yeah, or you to have us on. Yeah, uh, you know, um, collaboration and and solidarity. I'm not I'm not precious about the name Left Coast podcast. It's uh, pretty generic. Um, I'm more concerned about you know sharing sharing resources and information to make sure that we are making as much agitprop as we can. All right. So is there anything else that you would like to cover in this mini-sode? Because I've given my stump speech, so, you know, I'm I'm pretty much out. Um, yeah, and I, I think I just want to sort of re-emphasize that, um, you know, in these, in these past couple episodes, uh, I have been pretty critical of DSA. Um, I just want to say again, the reason I am is because the DSA is really, I think, a really important organization. And what comes out of this convention is going to... Um, it, it's going to define the left sort of for the next probably generation. So what we do now as the the biggest socialist organization right now in a time of um, uncertainty and upheaval is incredibly important and we need to make sure that the way that we approach our organizing and what we're doing um, is in line with the world that we want to build and so we need to make sure that our national organization is one that is it is one that is not recreating the the kind of you know centralized liberal power structures that are currently oppressing us but is more liberatory and really builds um, the strength and solidarity of the working class and i don't know about you but i am equal parts excited and terrified it's um i i didn't think that i would end up involved in this sort of thing and every day I face these these two warring emotions. One is that life continues exactly the same. I get up, I drive to work, I shitpost on the internet in between doing actual work, and I drive home. 
And then there's this other half where shit is falling apart while we're trying to build up new shit. And it's really hard to reconcile those two things. I, I try, but I don't know if anybody else is having that difficulty of... The world keeps moving, even though it feels like it should have stopped because enough crazy shit has happened that we can't, this can't be real. Yeah, um, I, I know what you mean. It's, it's been kind of, uh, it's, it's, I would like to get off of Mr. Bones' wild ride. <laughs> uh, the, the election has just been absolutely bonkers. Um, and, and, but in a way I'm kind of grateful because, you know, there was such a feeling of sort of relief and elation when Occupy happened. Um, and it felt like we were doing something and then we were paralyzed internally and crushed externally. And it was incredibly disheartening for me because I ended up sort of like uh, alienated again from basically the all you know any kind of real political movement the occupy sonoma fizzled out to basically like five people who sat around and never talked about anything important or did anything um and you know having having the response to trump be this um primal scream where we all sort of collectively shat our pants and then looked around at each other and said, well, we have to do something now. And so now we're organized and and now we have a goal and a mission and a real sense that it's possible for us to do something about the world that we live in. So, you know, for me, it's in, it's in both incredibly, incredibly anxiety inducing, but at the same time, like incredibly heartening. I do want to say to comrades who are listening to this, uh, even if you don't consider yourself a comrade of mine, uh, please be gentle with yourself because these are crazy times and we can, we could all do with loving ourselves a bit more. Um, if you have medications, make sure to try and remember to take them. If it's bedtime, try and go to sleep. And if you haven't moved your body recently and you can move your body, maybe take a little bit of time to do that. Uh, maybe Tiberius will put some music on the end of this episode that, that you can move your body to. And and also remember that the, the comrades that are in our group right now uh, that we are working with and we might have disagreements with, they want a better world too. So even if even if you have really strong disagreements with them, remember that they care as much as you do. And to approach them approach them with a feeling of true solidarity. We can't afford to be um to be so parochial. We have to we have to really be able to to reach out and work with other people who are trying to build a better world with us and and we have to remember that even as we have disagreements there are a lot of places where we can work together it doesn't mean that we have to have um everybody 
always involved in everybody else's work. Um, it doesn't mean that we have to have every single organization, um, even within the DSA, not all of our caucuses or organizing efforts need to involve you know, everybody from anarchists to Marxist-Leninists to social democrats. Um, sometimes different work requires different people or different people have different work that they want to do, and that's okay. But we need to remember at the end of the day, what we are all fighting against is a- an incredibly oppressive system and institution that is a lot more powerful than us right now, and we need each other. So before you start throwing punches, maybe make sure that your back is to the comrade and your fists are towards the opposition. Yes. So on that note, we're going to close out this mini-sode. Yep. Uh, I have been Communal Source. And I've been Tiberius Gracchus. And remember that we love you. We love you, comrades. Go in peace and be in solidarity. Solidarity.